Welcome back, everybody. I am uh, incredibly excited to talk to somebody who I've been watching since I came to the United States. Welcome to the program. If you haven't recognized him already, it's a wonderful actor, voiceover actor, director, uh, George Newbert. Welcome, George. Hello. Good to see you, Alan. It's likewise. Um, I literally, half an hour ago, and I mean that literally, I watched Father of the Bride Part 3 issue. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's fun. Yeah. It really is, and it uh, it made me tear up. Of course, I'm not surprised by that. Um, but it's interesting. And if, uh, if, by the way, our uh, audience, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to put a link uh, right below the video, oh, so awesome. you can check it out. Please donate because uh, awesome. it's really needed. Um, and um, you know, kind of, you know, my my uh, background into uh, kind of uh, the father of the bride is I came to the United States in '89. And then in 91, where did you move from? Uh, Ukraine. Oh, Ukraine. Oh, wow. Cool. Moved from Ukraine when I was a kid. I was 14 years old. And then uh, we came to uh, Chicago, you know, where you graduated from Northwestern. That's, that's right. But I, I don't even detect any sort of accent from you. That That's that's amazing. I mean, I, I really, I don't hear it. I've got a pretty good ear. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I I hear myself on certain words, like sometimes I feel like I'm mispronouncing it or putting the emphasis on a different part of the word than right, right, right. You know, normal uh, is. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that my accent disappears when I'm actually doing another accent. Right, 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 right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> so it's it's one of those weird things. I think one of my acting teachers early on said two things, right? And this is before HD, but she said, you have to color your hair, which I'll go into in a second. And then she said, you have to get rid of accent and you have to have the standard Midwestern you know, accent. Um, I did the first. And then after that experience, I decided not to do the second. I went to, I went to a barber and I said, okay, well, you know, I don't want to really dye my hair, but you know, we need to make it a shade lighter. What's a shade lighter? So he shows me two strands of hair that are almost identical. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. So uh -huh. I, you know, he puts his stuff in. I sit there for about an hour, and then he takes it off, and I'm not in front of a mirror. Takes it off, and I see his eyes, and his eyes go like. I'm thinking, okay, what? He yeah. says, um, you have color in your hair that's different from what it appears, and then, <laughs> and then he shows me a mirror, and my hair is bright red. Oh God, bright oh, God. red, like. Not red orange just a non-natural yeah. color that was yeah, yeah. very very odd uh, <laughs> kind of re reminds me of your shirt but not as natural and, uh, and bright. <laughs> i had to dye my hair once red for a musical i was doing in chicago and it, it yeah. i am not a good redhead it does not look good on me neither yeah. am i and i laughed i asked him how long that would take uh, in order to uh, to get rid of that color i don't remember what he said but Cut it. You got to cut it short. Going to take you about four months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, I did not. Uh, well, I'm sure I took photos, but I cannot find those photos. I want to find those photos. I came home. My wife, uh, uh, who <clears throat> I think we got married, you know, recently before I did that. I thought yeah. <laughs> my wife might have second thoughts after a yeah, while. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So yeah, that was that was my experience, and then you know I never got rid of the accent, that, or never really get tempted to anyway. I mean, I can tell you have a slight accent, but it's very slight, and I wouldn't have guessed Russian actually. I would have just thought, 
somewhere European, but very light, very light. Well, if you'd like, we can talk with Russian accent. I know how to do the oh, oh, but I don't know how to, you know, I don't understand any Russian. But yeah. I can, I can add it a little, a little bit, you know, a little bit. But, yes, that that is correct. And the yeah. funny part is, is you know, I'm doing the Russian accent, and I'm trying to kind of channel the people that are around me. And yeah. then my friends are looking at it, and they're like, "This is not a Russian accent." I said, "What do you yeah. mean?" It is a Russian. <laughs> but you're not. But so from Ukraine, would you be ethnically Russian or not? No. There are you, is there a difference? Yeah, what? I'm ethnically Jewish. So uh, okay, yeah. I, I, forgive me. I mean, but in yeah. the Ukraine, aren't there uh, uh, um, Ukrainian, not Russians, but is there is it a Ukrainian clan? Yeah. Well, so but, Ukraine is a large country, and when I was there, it was still the Soviet Union, and I right. was not. Eastern part. So right. for us, that was Russian, more Russian. Was the first language. Right, right. And Ukrainian was a language that we learned after I left. Right. And then they switched, and Ukrainian became the first language. And then Russian was, you know, for some people whose, uh, right. you know, Russian was the first language, they kind of kept in that part of it. The Western right. part of Ukraine is all Ukrainian. Eastern right, part right. of Ukraine is kind of a mix. So I come from that mix. And they, and they don't, they, the Ukrainians, they do not consider themselves Russian, so I, that, right? No. They're like, no. Yeah, got it. And it was funny to me because when I came here, you know, I when I left, I didn't consider myself Ukrainian or Russian or anything else. It was like, right. well, I, they took our passports at the border, so you were a man without country. And right. wow. I came here and everybody said I was Russian. I said, okay, fine, I'm Russian. And then a few <laughs> years later, you know, the, the wall comes down and then everybody starts calling me Ukrainian. And I said, okay, fine, I'm Ukrainian. So I never considered myself one or the other. It was just how people referred uh, for their ease of uh, <laughs> reference. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so 89, right? And then uh, in 91, your movie came out. Um, the first, what, you, the fir what do you mean, uh, Father the Bride? Yes, part one. The first Father the Bride was in 91, 91. Yeah. Right, yeah. and then the second was 95 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 95. I'll double check on that. Um, either way, I, I remember it exceptionally well because I'm a hopeless romantic. I love you know rom-coms. Yeah. And yeah. I was 16 years old and I was dreaming of what my future is going to be like. Yeah. And you know, Brian, who you were playing, reminded yeah. me of myself, just a nice, you know, nice yeah. kid. And yeah. he was marrying somebody who was completely my type in Annie. So right. A few years in advance, I actually found my own uh, Annie lookalike because uh, she, she is brunette. She has uh, you know curly hair, so her name is not Annie. But I came as close as I could. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so that movie again. It's just uh, uh, kind of watching the Father of the Bride Part Three ish um, yeah. brought back a lot of these memories that. Yeah. So how was it for you? Because I know that uh, I mean I, I know how it was shot, which was very lovely. Yeah, uh, it was it was a really great experience. I must say, um, I had a couple of funny bits that they they got cut. And Nancy, I was like, ah, oh, dang it! I mean, I'm sort of I'm sort of kind of just the background of this thing, but but um, but just getting to do it and see being at my house and seeing the big Zoom screen with every with Robert De Niro and Martin Short and Diane Keaton and everybody and and, and I haven't. I haven't talked to Steve in probably 10 years and I, I, bu I bumped into Diane a couple of times around LA and 
but I haven't seen Martin and I'd never met, you know, uh, Robert De Niro. So my wife and I are looking at each other. It's like, this is surreal in the middle of a pandemic. We're all, you know, goofing around and yakking it up and cracking jokes for, you know, five, six hours a day. We, it was like shooting days. Um, but, uh, it was just, uh, an exceptionally fun experience, honestly. Ben Platt, you know, I, I always wanted to meet him. He's a great kid, plays my son. And, uh, and Florence, uh, Florence Pugh, amazing. Uh, and Alexander Ship, really awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't have had a better time, honestly. Yeah. So, well, so but, you know, tech, technology wise, you know, it was a real crazy cause I had this computer yep. and I had an iPhone was shooting here mm-hmm. and I was had my personal iPhone over here just kind of recording the experience. So Nancy, the director was, um, looking at us, wait, I'm just trying to, she was looking at us through the laptop, through okay. this laptop, but the iPhone on top here was actually recording everything, but she was able to monitor that and this real time, which I don't know how, I don't know how the, but anyway, but it was crazy. We, we had one screen that was all tech people, like the DP and the lighting guys and the grips and the and Nancy, and then the other half was, was us. So she could talk between, you know, the cast and the, it was, it's really, it was really amazing. And, and actually, uh, the way they intercut between the iPhone v- footage and the actual movie footage from a movie that was a long time yeah. ago, it's it's pretty seamless. It mm-hmm. it really, um, you know what I mean. Most Zoom stuff looks a certain way, but it looked like film. It really looked like film. So I thought yeah. it was great. And then uh, you know they they got it seemed like they have uh, when they were doing the footage of the house, uh, the outside of the house. It seemed like it's a recent shot. Is that a house still around? That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, I, I, you can go to my Instagram. My, my wife and I did a little a bit. We drove out to Pasadena where the house is and, and did a little. Uh, I was screaming at the at the house. The house is exactly the same. And I was wow. calling for George. I'm like George, George, and he he, he wouldn't come out. Uh, so go to my Instagram and see the little yeah. bit. Funny. I, uh, <laughs> we're gonna post this right below here. So please. Awesome. But um, yeah, no. So so it was it was really neat, and uh, hopefully you know we raised some money for uh, World Ki- uh, World Central Kitchen and uh, help folks out during this really weird time we're in. So certainly is. And um, the the funny thing about George is again, your name is George. Uh, I know, and my father in law's name was George in real life. Oh, in my real life. My wife's dad's name is George. So I was like, what? Crazy. Crazy. I can only imagine how it was, you know, especially doing the Zoom movie. You have yeah. your name is George. You have George and George Jr. Constantly, I was saying, which one? We were like, which one? Which one? Yeah. That's, um, I thought they did a really nice job and they picked the kids, you know, because everybody wants to know who's going to play the kids. I thought they did a really nice job. Right. And Kieran is all grown up. And, you know, I think maybe, you know, God, wouldn't that, wow, just if my fantasy would be to, to, to do the you know the next incarnation I, I don't know we'll see I don't know who knows I think it'd be fun I I certainly hope so and uh, I, I'm definitely for it um, yeah. it, it's it's a movie that uh, or all the whole thing obviously is gonna stay with me forever because of what it kind of meant in my life right right I agree I get you know people still I, I get stopped in airports about that movie but nothing else like recently but like that always you know <laughs> it's funny you know, even after scandal uh, it didn't change you know, 
a lot of people do for scandal, but 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 that movie has just more more uh, more sort of generational you know uh staying power because it's 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 hard uh because we remember it for from the emotions and the right 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 it's great it's 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 you know it's a universal theme it's a great script and and the actors are funny i mean it's just super funny it's really funny that's it you know i was steve martin when when steve martin goes I will if that movie's on. I will stop and watch. It. I don't ever make a point of watching it, but if it's on, I watch it. And when he's at my at my parents' house snooping in the bathroom, I, I he's hilarious. He's freaking hilarious. He's like Buster Keaton, you know. Absolutely. Right. And I'm hoping there was a body double that he didn't have to you know jump out of the window. Uh, but you know, yeah. I think he did a lot of it. I don't know. I didn't ever see a double, honestly. <laughs> Good job. I mean, uh, when yeah. when he was uh, climbing the. Uh, you know, in the, you know, the version of, uh, right. Version of you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know whether that was old Steve or, or somebody else, but he looks like he can do it. I don't know. Yeah. Then, maybe not now, but yeah. <laughs> um, the, the thing with Scandal is that, again, you know, I associate uh, you with, uh, with Father mm. of the Rye. So mm. watching you in Scandal, it took me a while to just sort of go, yeah, I know, I know, I know. One yeah. of the experiences, like from an acting perspective, I can get how that would be really fun to do. But from a viewer perspective, took a, took a while to uh, to get used. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it took a minute. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, my personality even uh, it, when we shot Father of the Bride, Nancy and, and her then husband Charles, they kept saying, "No, nicer, nicer, nicer." It's like I'm not this nice. I can't. That I mean. <laughs> I'm actually more like the scandal guy, <laughs> oddly enough. I mean, just in the sort of weird quirkiness of him. But the, in order for that character and Father Bright to work for Steve, he had to be blameless. He had to be. He had to have no edges whatsoever, like zero. I mean, smooth, smooth around the edge, so that he couldn't find fault with him. That was the problem, you know. So, so, but as an actor, it's really hard. Actually, I gotta say, it's hard to play that kind of because it's not real. I mean, for me, it's not. It's very difficult to just be that enthusiastic and that good of a person. I mean, you know, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, Okay. All right. So you're a little more like, (laughs) like Charlie. Charlie. And I was getting about, but but I mean, you know, uh, somewhere in between, you know, somewhere in the middle. Uh, Actually, one more thing that I found interesting, uh, you know, kind of doing more background before the interview is that you got married to your lovely wife in 1990. And, Mm -hmm shooting in 90 because it came out in 91 so you were a right. newly shooting you know a movie about about being yeah, a new by, by the way my, when i got the part my wife goes oh my god thank god we got married before this so we wouldn't have to be comparing that wedding to this wedding like oh god right <laughs> yeah. well, no swans at your wedding are you sure no 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 it was a much smaller affair <laughs> Very cool. uh so getting to scandal uh from what i understand please correct me if i'm wrong but the role was initially just a guest star role, and it's then it continued. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, I tell you that that whole experience was such a, a um, such a life changing and, a, and a, one in so many ways. And because as an actor, um, you know, you go on just you go on auditions all the time, or if you're lucky, you get to go on auditions all the time. And um, but when you've been in, in around for a while, they people know your work, and and this particular casting office knew my work and I'd been in probably, I don't know, five times and not gotten any of the jobs. So I got the call and I was like, oh man, you know, they know me there and it's just a guest spot and you know, my God, after everybody, I mean, it's not like, 
I mean, I was not, and it's a new show. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this looks any good. And, and literally my wife goes, I saw the show. You have to go to it because it's a good show. I was like, okay. Almost didn't go, honestly, because, you know, it's weird. I, when you've been doing it for so long, sometimes it, you're looking for reasons not to go because you're like, oh, I'm not going to get it. I want to go through the hassle. I was like, but, but I went and, and um, I thought, okay, this is, this could be a fun part, but I didn't think I'd get it. And then they called and I got it. But the, but once I got on set and started doing it, I was like, oh, I think I know, I think I know how to m- make this guy a lot more interesting than, than he's written by just adding some touches, some sort of behavioral touches to the guy. And I did it. And I, then they asked me back like two episodes later for one more. I was like, oh, okay, good. And then another one. And then, then the season was over because it was a half season. I thought, okay, that'll be fine. I'll do two, three. And when this show started st- shooting again, I had my agent call and said, hey, is that character dead? And they go, yeah, they, de- they just called and said, definitely, he's not coming back. But they loved you. Great job. I was like, eh, screw it, whatever. But literally that afternoon, they called back and said, you know what? The writers called and said they actually want you for four episodes. I was like, okay. Okay, yeah. so. So that was great. I mean, it changes on a dime, and and but but literally for four seasons, while the show is a huge hit, I was there for sort of every other episode, but I was still a guest star. So every week at the table read, I didn't know if I was going to be killed off or not. So I would literally go there, and you know, nobody got in the script, and I would, I go, well, I don't know, is this is this it? Is this? So, but you know, I, I think I just ingratiated myself, honestly, to everybody. I said. You know, I was just I tried to be the guy who could do. I tried to like do everything, and and my character actually, because that story that story world was so whack and so crazy. Yeah. My character ended up being able to service all of these crazy connections because he was a he was a for hire bad guy. Mm-hmm. So luckily, you know, and then the fact that I ended up in season five ended up with the girl. I mean, I was like, I was like, okay, now they got to make me a regular. They made me sweat it out another half season. Oh so the final season, I was made a regular. So I mean, you know, honestly, I I wish I'd been made a regular earlier, but that's I'm very grateful for the episodes I did. But but just just to say to other actors out there, you know, you should never know and just go to the audition. You know, just go because you never know how that's going to turn out. Because I easily and it ended up honestly resurrecting my dead career at that moment um because i just felt like uh well kind of out of money i i've landed with an agency i don't really think is very good at this point for me um i don't know how this is going to end i mean i was you know every actor goes through that sort of cycle in their career and i'd been at all the big agencies the middle agencies small agencies and and i had some success and then i had dry period and and then right before scandal i thought well I think this is it. I'm gonna have to figure out something else. I, I don't really have enough money to where I can. I have to keep. I gotta find something else to do. I didn't know what it was gonna be. And then that literally gave me oxygen. And Shonda, uh, th- that that opportunity gave me oxygen. I got a new agent. And I got a new manager. It, it was, it was life giving. And um, and then I started establishing another voiceover stuff that I hadn't done before. And because of the success of one thing of Scandal. They were. I got more attention than other. So, so long story short, um, that show absolutely was like a blood transfusion uh, in my life and in my career for sure. But That's great. Yeah, very, I, very rare. Very rare. It does not happen to forty-five-year-old guys. It just does not happen. Well, um, 
as a 45 year old guy, I'm, I'm certainly hoping it does. Yes, hang in there uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the scandal, again, I, I loved the show. Yeah. At some point, I had to stop watching it because I was literally getting PTSD. Yeah, um, no, I believe it. I believe it. Well, then, when the, the current president we have, you know, the, 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 he's, you know, he's such an extreme uh, figure that uh, uh, I think that they, they ran out of gas. They were like, we don't know what the I, right. truth is way stranger than fiction here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that was really her way to say, we, we got to stop this, you know, I mean, yeah. get a, we can't tell the story much anymore. We don't know what to do with it, you know? Right. You know, how much wackier can you get? Well, no, 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 it couldn't, it couldn't. And, and truth has, you know, reality has borne that out for sure. So. Unfortunately. And uh, I mean, your fellow Superman uh, voice, uh, Tim yeah. Dayton, um, you know, I, I love uh, Madam Secretary and yeah. they've tried to incorporate kind of as much of the uh, the craziness as they can of yeah. what's happening in reality into the show. Right. Uh, and it's it's cathartic for me because you see all of the horrible stuff that's happening in reality. And in that, yeah. movie, in that series, they can actually do something about it and it resolves itself. So you Correct. Feel- Correct. But the scandal was not that kind of show. Yeah. It, the scandal was like this. I know. You know, serialized banana town stuff yeah. that they, you know, Madam Secretary is based in somewhat some reality. You know, Scandal was not necessarily based in reality. I don't think. I mean, maybe it is, but but I think that, you know, people that it's too much. But it burns so hot. It burns so hot. I don't know that they they could go any longer. Honestly, probably not. Um, yeah. I, I I've heard Sean talk about it. That you know, like okay. I think we're done. I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, you talked about voiceover, which uh, which was another part of your career yeah. that I didn't know much about. Uh, yeah. But it started in '91, I think, or around that time when you did your first uh, voiceover spot. And then actually, I did something. Uh, I came to LA in '87, '86, '87, mm-hmm. and I think that next year I got my first animation job, which was a um, cartoon called Pirates of Dark Water. With um, uh, yeah. Jody Benson, Jody Benson, who was Little Mermaid, and Tim Curry. Um, who else? Uh, Roddy McDowell, um, uh, directed by Helen Hunt's dad, Gordon Hunt. And um, that it was a, it was at Hanna Barbera. I think it was the last year that Hanna Barbera was an entity, a, an animation company. So, uh, but anyway, I had a, we did two seasons of that. It was amazing. So that was my first real animation thing. So. But then since then, I just sort of had little, little things here and there. And then the Superman thing went forever. And then I did this video game voice for, for uh, Final Fantasy, which is sort of, and, and then then I've had this other sort of tertiary career going to these conventions for the voiceover stuff. Yeah, like, there's a whole other world. I didn't even know this was out there. Um, and you know, as an actor, you you just the landscape has changed so much. You just go with it. You say, "Yep, I'll go to that convention and meet meet fans and sign autographs. Why not?" You know, hey, it's, it's another part of the business. It's Absolutely. Fun. And um, you've mentioned kind of uh, you know before scandal, uh, you were you know a bit worried about your career. Um, <laughs> Always, yeah. <laughs> Always. Like now, I'm t- terribly worried, but that's just me. So yeah. <laughs> well, I I didn't realize that right because looking from the outside, and I I think the first person that I heard it from was Piers Brosnan. You know, Piers yeah. Brosnan was talking about uh, making uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. And they asked him, how did you feel about that? He's like, well, the first thought was, thank God I have another job to do. I'm like, you're Peace Bronson. Are you kidding? No, uh, it's it's reality, yeah. Yeah, no one feels – I don't think anyone feels like that. Um, maybe Brad Pitt. <laughs> but, 
or Edward Clooney. Maybe those two guys don't feel like that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. At, at a certain point, though, honestly, if you, um, I'm sort of. I know I'm sort of going all over the place here, but but um, that's what I want. Um, you know, young actors, a young actor today who who. Where are you based in Chicago? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the Los Angeles act, Los Angeles entertainment world for a young actor is very different than New York or Chicago or anywhere else. So, but it is, it is so radically changed when I got out of college at 22 and came to LA to, to, to sort of take, Hey, I'm here. Let's do this. Let me figure this out. It's very different now. It's very, very different in the sense that, um, there's a lot of opportunity, but the pay and the ability to make a living at it has been decimated in the sense that you have to um, you have to learn how to do other things before you could just literally be an actor and go okay I'm gonna if I just get on a series I go there was a way to sort of get a toehold and get up and go but now there's so many um, different outlets for TV shows and streaming services and and not so much movies anymore but there's so many uh, opportunities that way there's there's just there's like a, there's a lot, a lot less money unless you are the top liner in these things the top liner folks are still doing okay but for a young actor who's trying to, to trying to get a, a, a leg up it, it, it I would only say you know learn how to write learn how to produce learn how to create things for yourself or or have a side career either be independently wealthy that would help um, <laughs> or or learn how to be a, uh, and I just it's so funny my daughter's a designer and I was just talking to her today and I said I said learn to learn to be a creator not a waiter not not a waiter at a restaurant but don't wait create don't wait waiting for people to give you permission to do things is a dead end it, it used to be when I was starting that you could kind of get away with it because there was just if you did get a job you got paid pretty damn well quickly so you didn't have to get three two or three other jobs but now it, it is you're you're foolish if you don't learn how to write if you don't learn how to direct to but but more than anything I would say writing and producing those two things will get you Will, will create opportunity for you because if, if you're waiting for somebody, nobody's nobody's waiting to give you anything. Nobody's nobody cares. So uh, in order to be the best and 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 have some sort of uh, say about your future, learn how to make something. If any if anything, what it does, it gets you out and you get to matriculate with creative people because actors can sometimes just sort of be in a silo, you know, by themselves or, you know, Hey, I'm going to audition for the play. They go do the play and it's sort of like summer camp and that's great and everything. But, but you know, then you're just, like I say, there's two, di two completely different careers, Los Angeles film and television, is just, just a whole nother bird. Um, it's not that it's any less uh, better or worse. It's just different. And um, this, this, the stakes can be a little higher in terms of, you know, opportunities and whatnot. But but if you're going to go to California or New York, but definitely California, make sure you know how to do other things. Or, or when you first get there, learn it. Do Have parallel careers. Parallel careers. That's what I would say. 
That's won't do what I did. It works when I did, but I, it won't work now. It will not work now. Because if you get, even if you're a young actor, you get lucky, you get a good job on a series. The next one, they don't like say, oh, I have my quote is 10,000 or whatever the number is. Your next job, unless you're like a crazy breakout star, they'll go, no, we'll pay you the minimum scale. And they're like, oh, wait, don't you know? Was it? Well, they don't care. They don't care because they know there are enough actors out there that will work for nothing. And there's a ton of non-union stuff, and that's a whole other issue. But um, so to, to, to safeguard yourself against that, young actors, please learn other things. Please, I beg you to learn other things. Um, so. Yeah, thank you for that advice. It's, it's yeah. very valuable, and I, I hear that from most of the actors that I talk to. Oh, my God. I wish somebody told me that. I wish somebody had, had impressed that upon me. I, I, I heard it, but I didn't really know it. I was like, yeah, maybe. But now, now I'm like, you know, I'm 93 years old. I'm not going to turn around and reinvent myself that much. But but if I were 22, you better damn sure I'd be in a freaking screenwriting class and having working for a producer and, and looking for material and, and saying, hey, I know these three people. We did a play together. Let's shoot a short with the three of us. That's how Ben Affleck and, and Vince Vaughn and Wes Anderson and Owen, that's how they all did it. And they were right at the cusp of that. And they're 10 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. That was right when you had to do it. So I come from the future and the past to scare you. <laughs> wow. Um, it's, it's the good scare that uh, needs to be done. I mean, what yeah, do you think yeah, yeah, it's just reality. It's just reality. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm doing here. Right. Um, yeah. you know, COVID happened and uh, yeah. no work. I have yeah. a career outside of this, but yeah. in instead of me continuing to uh, to go to workshops and take uh, online workshops, yeah. I decided to start the show and just talk to people. And yeah. this opened doors that would probably have never been opened had I not done this. Right. And this vehicle on its own, depending on how things go, but there are signs yeah. that this on its own can be a career. So yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, listen, there are enough people. You know, there's enough interest. If you connect with enough eyeballs, I mean, it doesn't have to be some huge number, but if you have a, if you find a niche, a relevant niche that people, there's a demand to, to hear what you're saying. I mean, you go reinvent yourself all day long. I mean, it's amazing. That's what's, that's the silver lining of this awful situation, you know. That's so. that's true. Uh, for me, you know, if we, God willing, we all survive, uh, you know, 2020. But, we will. We will. Yeah, we will. Um, <laughs> I, I want to be able to look at 2020 from the perspective of saying it was a really trying year, but during it, this and this and this incredible thing happened. And that's, that's how I'm trying to do it. Yeah, so. yeah, good, good. Yeah, um, talking about your daughter, I, I was gonna bring that up because my daughter is 16, your daughter is a bit uh, older. Um, are you <laughs> getting ready to be the father of the bride or? Yes, I've, I've got a 25 year old, a 21 year old, and then my son is 17. So. I don't. Think, I hope not. I just give me a give me a minute. I got, I'm still paying for college. I can't. I have time. I can't. Not yet. My goodness. And then um, what uh, what took you to Northwestern? It seemed like everybody went to Northwestern. You went. Your wife went. My Kimberly. Wife went. Kim, Kim went. Um, and my wife's sister and her husband both went there. Um, uh, gosh, so many. I know so many people. Actors. Um, you know, Seth Meyers went there. Steve, Stephen Colbert was a classmate of mine, a friend at school. And, um, oh yeah, and uh, who else? Uh, Josh, Josh, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, 
goodness gracious, Scrubs, Scrubs. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, what's his name? Oh my God, you know who I'm talking about? Yes. This yeah. happens. Yes. I, I kind of look like him. Yeah. Good God. Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? Jesus Christ. Where, He's where? like a big actor. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Scrubs. It's, it's Josh. 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 Jesus. Whatever. Uh, it's it's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. We're getting yeah. Scrubs uh, cast. Of course. <laughs> when you say it. Uh, I don't feel so bad. You don't. You can't remember. Hold on a second. Are, are you talking about one of the main guys or the main guy? He's dating Florence Pugh. Uh, are you talking about Zach? Yes, yeah, Zach Braff. That's what I mean. He yeah. went to Northwestern. Jesus, that was a long way to get there. Zach yeah. And again, talking about what uh, what you were just referencing, I mean, Zach uh, created his own movies. Uh, Correct. That's that's exactly what he was supposed to do. Exactly. So yeah, it's uh, and then Carrie Washington, Carrie Washington went on, you know, she, scandal. She went straight in production company and with, and you just make your own stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no excuse. I have no excuse that I haven't done this, other than the fact that I've been looking the other way and trying to raise children and and pay for things. I mean, I'm just you know. So, yeah. so. Uh, speaking of pay, and uh, again, no no need for uh, for real numbers, but in terms of all of the voiceover stuff that you're doing, right. Um, is that providing enough of a foundation to sustain a career or not really? Well, I, I, I do. Um, well, there's, there's animation and then there's commercial voice, commercial voiceovers. You can make very good money if if you get enough of them that they're just very difficult to get. Um, and I've had some good, real good ones. Um, the, um, animation, television animation are the best, show business better than on camera jobs because they pay residuals on camera stuff doesn't pay many residuals anymore so if you get a part if you had a voice part on like you know the simpsons or king of the hill or you know american De Th those animated things that are actually shown popular those guys can are so well off it's crazy and you're like i don't even know who that person is and they do because they residualize and i don't know so so if you get one of those, that's great. Animation is the best. Uh, and then I, I do a lot of narration for audiobooks that I discovered, you know, through a friend of a friend about seven years ago. So I have a I have a, my own little studio, and so I that's what I get up and do every day. Um, and that's not a lot of money, but it's something that it for me it keeps my keeps my head straight, and um, I don't need an agent for it. I just kind of do it myself, and you know. So for me, it's that's been good. But in terms of money, really, animation is where you want to be. That's okay. where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, Jim Meskimen is going to be on tomorrow. <laughs> so, mm. uh, you know, talk about voiceover stuff. I've seen him everywhere. That's how I view yeah. him. But when I looked on his IMDb, he has 300 credits. Yeah. Um, those are the real good jobs. Yeah. Those are the right. good ones. Yeah. Um, okay. That's interesting. I, a few more questions for you, just uh, because you've been in a lot of, uh, a lot of sets. And you, you've done a ton of okay. stuff. If you had to pick... You know, one favorite uh, experience uh, uh, from a set, whether we know about it or not. Which which one would you pick? There have been so. I mean, I've grown up. Uh, just look at the you know the, the trajectory of my personal life and my career, and it's it's it. Sometimes it's hard to sort of separate 
what I was feeling as a human being as opposed to what was creatively more interesting or whatever. But um, I have so many that I loved. Um, ones that stand out was um, one of the first things I did when I came to LA was a TV movie with Elizabeth Shue. Um, and Mark Gordon was a producer. It was one of his first uh, things he'd produced called Double Switch for the Disney Channel. And, and I played, it was like a Prince and the Pauper story. And I played the rock star and the normal guy and we switched places. So that was my first big part in Hollywood. And I've only, and I'd only been in town five months. And it was a huge, huge deal to me. Uh, and I got to be funny. I got to, I got to perform as a rock star. I got to be, I mean, it was hilariously fun, and I met a lot of amazing people. So that was really my first big amazing experience. Pause for a second, because <clears throat> it seems like your first job that you're describing right now kind of is a microcosm of your career, because you played the prince and you played the rock star. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. And af honestly, after that, I was kind. I kind of went into a bit of a depression because I was like. Oh, shit, that was really kind of a perfect job, and I don't know that I'm ever going to get a part that good again. You know, you, you, and and I, but you know, I didn't have any um, point of reference yet, and I, but I did know that it was special, and I was like, God, this is this is going to be hard to match this, and I was right, I was right. Uh, it just took a long time before I would sort of get that much like excited about a, a really great part again. I, I was working, and I'd gotten movies, and I got a couple of leads in movies, but the movies weren't very good. And um, uh, I think the next thing that I really uh, uh, loved was, um, uh, well, oh, I started a movie uh, for MGMUA called It Takes Two. And I was getting married. I got married in a lot of things. Yeah. But this was the first marriage, uh, marriage movie that I did. And um, it took place in Texas and um, – I'm also buying my first car and getting married at the same time. Sort of a coming of age thing about a car and a woman. It was really, I thought it was really, it's actually pretty damn good for people to look up. It's a quintessential late eighties movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, uh, and then, uh, well, you know, go to IMDb and look it up, but, but, yeah. um, but the next great, you know, uh, gosh, did a show called bull on TNT or um, about wall street. It's TNT's first series or their second series around 2002 and that was uh, amazingly fun. Stanley Tucci was in it and Kathy Baker and um, myself. And uh, that was, I was, it was amazing. We, we did a season and a half of that. Michael Chernichin who runs SVU right now with Dick Wolf, he was the creative running producer and writing was spot on and fun. And uh, um, that, it was amazing. And then, um, Scandal was definitely the high point for the last 15 years for me. Um, and then doing Superman, that's a whole nother, oh, yeah. you know, the trajectory of getting Superman and, and getting to work with all those actors. That was, that's been a, one of the high points for me for sure. Um, and um, Father of the Bride, clearly that was hugely, Adventures in Babysitting was an amazing experience for yeah. me. Um so I had a lot happen right away, and then I had a dry period, and then I had a lot, and then I had a dry period, and then I had a lot, and then I had a really long dry period, and then I had some really great big things, you know. So I, 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 I you know, it's hard to tell somebody how it's going to go, but 
I've been very lucky uh, and I've had a lot of downtime. So you have to decide, you know, what, what kind of life you want to live. So, you know. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you stuck with it. And it seems like. I have me too. So, yeah. Um, if you had to pick, uh, and maybe, <laughs> maybe it's from scandal because, you know, seeing some of the stuff that you've done there certainly could, uh, could suffice. But, you know, what's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you on the set? Uh, well, I'd have to say scandal for sure. There's no question about that. I mean, in my first scene, I was naked uh, with duct tape and someone was uh, uh, w- with a circular saw about to saw me in half or torture what? me. Definitely the weirdest thing I've ever done. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, who's um, out of, and you've worked with amazing actors, but if from a pure acting chops perspective, who would you say is the best actor you've ever worked with? Uh, wow, there have been so many great ones. Uh, um, Shirley MacLaine, I did the sequel to Terms of Endearment, so I worked with Shirley MacLaine. Uh, and um, she was, uh, she might be, she might be it. Um, she's a very, very interesting person, uh, personally and professionally. But I knew I was, I knew I was in a whole other world when I was working with her. Um, and then also, I gotta say, um, you know, Steve Martin and Diane Keaton, that, 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 that was playing with some big boys. Um, uh, Stanley Tucci, that was a high point for me. He's such a freaking great actor and wow, what a, what a funny guy and interesting person. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Um, there've been so many. Dixie Carter was amazing. Um, on designing women, working with her. Um, uh, well, I got yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, you certainly do. And by the way, I found it's interesting that you uh, you were in the movie with um, with uh, Christopher Reeves, and then uh, Reeves. he was great. And Burt Reynolds was really sweet. Kathleen yeah. Turner was nice. I mean, I didn't really have that much with her, but um, I enjoy, I really super enjoyed working with Chris Reeves. He was really cool, really really cool guy. I just I love kind of the the interesting ways that life uh, life happens and. You know, yeah. you work with Superman, you become Superman. Um, it's it, it's. I'm more uh, than anything. That's what's the craziest thing for me. I'll go to Twitter and like 95% of my stuff is from Justice League. People, I, get, I don't know if it's there are fewer people, but they're rapidly into it. Or this is the volume of people in my career. I look at them like, well, God, you, you look, it looks like I've not done anything but Superman. And I haven't, you know. I did. I don't know. I've got 80 episodes of, of Justice League, and then I've done a bunch of video games and you know one-off movies. And I was like, but it's I guess just something something stick. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I'm good. Whatever. I'm good with it. And so. you mentioned Charlie McLean uh, doing the uh, um, you know uh, the Terms of Endearment sequel. Terms of Endearment. Right. Uh, I had Laura Cayuela on, and um, Laura mm-hmm. that was uh, her first movie. And uh, the Evening Star. Uh, yeah. Or terms of endearment. No, no, the follow-up, the one that you were talking about. Wait, who? Laura Coyote. Um, you, you know her from? Uh, uh, have you watched Tarantino's uh, Django Unchained? Yeah. She was Miss Laura. The uh, say bye, Miss Laura. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I worked with her on the movie, but yeah, got it. You did, but yeah. she was mentioning Shirley MacLaine specifically because. Uh, she said that that was her, you know, first acting lesson in a way because Shirley MacLaine 
uh, was supposed to be silent basically in the scene and just observing her scene and she stole the scene because of how great she was acting wise yeah she's oh. really great yeah, yeah. So. she's like one of those she's one of those actors it's like an animal you know she, and like Kevin Spacey was like that yeah. uh, who else is like that there other you know de Niro and, and and Pacino in their younger when they're younger I think more than now but um, and, and James Dean and you know uh, people they have this sort of crazy uh, or Philip Seymour Hoffman they have like a, a stillness about them when they're in a scene that they don't may not be talking but they're they're listening and they're thinking and you can you feel them you feel them um, whatever they're doing uh, you they don't have to do anything it's it's one of the hardest things ever to do as an actor on film is to have to be actively listening it's very difficult because you're the story's disjointed and you're you know you're off camera or you're on camera and you're you know, you do it 10 times and you've been there for 12 hours and it's not like doing a play where you have, you know, you got a ramp up and you're there for two hours, but on, on a set, it's real, real hard to be a, an, a, an authentic, active listener. But when you're, when you're, when you're, when you've got more action, physical action and behavior in the scene, much easier. But when you're just really responding to somebody on film to make that, make that watchable and interesting just that's where the art that's where the art is you know i think i i agree with you completely um you know my audience knows that i'm about to mention this but you know mark rylance in bridge of spines uh mm. first two minutes of him doing almost nothing and just being so incredibly small but palpable of yeah. everything that was going inside i said if he doesn't win an oscar for this role i don't know acting and he did uh, yeah. but that's, you know, that, that blew me yeah. away. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, uh, you know, two actors who, who are in my category, but they're, but they're, but they're wildly more successful, uh, Jason Bateman and Paul Rudd, who I, I think are, I mean, I watch them and I just fucking hate both of them cause they're so talented. I fucking hate them cause they're really, and Paul Rudd, especially who's so funny. And he's yeah. a handsome guy, so fuck him. God damn it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse, but God. No, you can't. I'm so oh, mad. I'm like, God, he beat me. He just beat me. It's just clear. So anyway, no, no. But that's another thing you have to just sort of get, okay, there's room for everybody. <laughs> but uh, no, th those guys, uh, in terms of listening, I think mm -hmm. both of those guys, like uh, uh, Jason Bateman in Ozark and um, Paul Rudd in any movie that Paul does, Paul Rudd does, like yeah. his – He's listening. He's such a an active listener. Like this is forty. His stuff with Leslie Mann. Uh, I was like, shit. I watch him all day. God, he makes me laugh. It's really, really great. Yeah. So, anyway, I agree. Um, except, okay, never mind. I was gonna pay you a compliment, but it's gonna be a really long story. So we'll just skip. <laughs> Sorry. From from my perspective, you're just as talented. So uh, you know, moving Thank you. on. So, Thank you. Uh, What's one thing that most people do not know about you? Don't know about what? Me? Do not know about you. Uh, that uh, I'm an olive farmer. Really? Yes. I'm, I'm at, uh, I have a, we have a place up in uh, north of Santa Barbara, and it's, uh, it's uh, if, I don't know if this camera can see now. I'll show you. Over here. I'll walk out. I don't know if I might lose a signal, but I'll, I'll see if we can. Sure. I have a, we make olive oil and I just, uh, we've had this property for a while, but 
these are some of the, these are some of the bigger trees here. What's um, the name? So these are uh, right here. You can see these. See those? See those olives right there? Uh, we we so, love. Okay, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so uh, this sort of you can kind of see where we are, Central California. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's real pretty. And um, so anyway, yeah. So the, we just started. I've had the trees for a while, and I planted a bunch of bunch of baby trees. And uh, we're making oil. We made 11, 11 gallons of oil this last year, and uh, got to market it and sell it and use it and give it to friends and give some away, and it's gonna be fun. So that's what most nobody knows of. But uh, I'm, you know. Well, that's that awesome. and I'm also a musician and I was a musical theater person for a long time. I was a ballet dancer for five years. So, wow. um, and, uh, yeah, I can, I can kind of do a little bit of a lot of things, but nothing really super well. So, <laughs> well, you're a well-rounded person. That's what matters. Yes. Jack of all trades, master of none. But, yeah. uh, do you have a name for the for the olive oil that uh, you're going to be? Not yeah, we're working on it. My wife is uh, she's also an actress and a designer, and she's she's very particular and very specific about how she wants this bottle to look. So we're waiting to see, uh, you okay. know, what she comes up with. But it'll be amazing, I'm sure. That's awesome. Last question for you: uh, If you had a chance to uh, <clears throat> to go back in time and uh, talk to that young kid who just uh, came to uh, L.A. trying yeah. to make an actor, and you had one piece of acting advice that you could share, what would that be? Uh, I think I almost said it earlier, which is uh, in terms of acting advice or career advice? Career advice. Career advice, I would say, learn how to write. Yeah. Learn how to write. Learn how to write. And if you don't know how to write, find some writer friends and work with them on an idea and say, look, I don't have any money, but let's both we'll let's your our success is our you know we'll feed off each other help me here we got to help each other blah 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 but that 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 is the most proactive thing you can do and then after that get to get in a class make sure you're in class and um um and then and then as much as you can have a life you know have a life have a love life you know get a job don't sit around waiting get in any old job if you can uh stay active um you know, get, get, you know, connect into your spiritual life as much as you can. Uh, because you're, um, I don't want to, I don't, I mean, I was trying to find a polite way to say this, but you really are on your own. You ha it's completely self motive You have to motivate from the, from the, your, from the bottom of your toes all the way up because no one cares if you're an actor or not. No one cares. As a matter of fact, people actively, many are rooting against you. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. So you must say, I really want to do this, and I will, I will give myself an action plan every day, and I will do these things. I will make my bed. I will go to the gym. I will eat healthy. I will connect with people, and when I get down, I will find and connect people that are positive, and I'll stay away from negative things and drugs and alcohol. Forget it. Don't go there. Uh, um, but have a life. You know, have a life first and foremost. So, we'll yeah, great advice, uh, not just for a younger self, but for uh, for me. Well, yeah, for yeah, audience. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. Ain't nobody getting out of this thing alive. And at a certain point, if you if, if if you know you've been quote unquote a professional actor for ten years, and you know you're not, 
making any, you're not getting any jobs, you're not getting any traction at a certain, you know, you, you kind of maybe you go, well, maybe I can be creative in other ways because it sometimes it's not worth the torture. I will be honest. It's not worth, it's not at any cost. The, the life of an actor is not worth it at any cost. Guaranteed. Because there's so much in life. There's so many amazing things about life that if you just shut yourself off because I've got to make it, i got to make you, you, you. Now what? First of all, you're never going to get a job that way because you're desperate and you're like, you're miserable. So lighten up on your career sometimes. Take it seriously if you want. But lighten up on that and be serious about your life because then there's no pressure on the career. You're an interesting person. You're growing. And if it doesn't work out as an actor, you won't have fucking wasted 10 years making yourself miserable. So live your life. That's what I would tell my younger self. Relax. It's going to work out one way or the other. Maybe you'll be a successful actor. Maybe you won't. But if you're not, do you want to waste your life being miserable and a, somebody who bitches and moans? No, nobody wants that. Better to be a happy grocery store bagger than an unhappy, unsuccessful, or semi-successful actor. Go do something completely different, honestly, because because you it's just not worth it. It's just, I mean, life is too precious, honestly. So. Yep. Still learning those lessons myself. So yeah, um, everybody, everybody. Yeah. Good. It's good. Good, good life lessons. And, and Hey, guess what? You can still be a creative person and, and appreciate acting and appreciate actors and theater and do all that and be supportive and even do stuff on the side. You don't have to make your living doing it. You know, you don't have to, you can still do other things and still be an artist. You can still call yourself an artist you, and you can get a paycheck from something else. So well, that's that's what I'm doing now, and it took me oh, a while great. to get to the point where I was okay with that and not miserable and not thinking of myself as a failure because. Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. You, you and when you make when you click into that mindset, you win, you win because nobody can define necessarily any actor out there right now. Nobody can define your success, but you, because I'm gonna tell you what, even if you're really pretty successful. There are lots of voices out there, out there and in your head that tell you you're not making it. So there will never be satisfaction. You'll never be um, a successful enough actor by anyone's imagination. Uh, only, uh, other people may tell you that, but you'll you'll know that, oh, shit, I have to just decide what am I feeding myself? Am I taking care of my family and my business? Uh, and am I, are some of the jobs fun? That's about as good as it gets. Because I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of miserable, bitterly miserable, successful people out there. I mean, you who make gajillions of dollars. Um, but, you know, I like Matthew McConaughey. He's a perfect example. Normal guy, movie star, moved back to Austin. So, like, I like living in Austin. That, great. That's where his life is. So, so find your life and your career will, will be what it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Find your life and your career will follow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, George, it's. Yeah, the conversation I've been wanting to have uh, with, uh, with you for a while. I'm very, okay. very happy that we were able to do so. Well, thank you so much. You got a good show. Keep it up and uh, and stay safe, buddy. Thank you, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, we know you love acting as much as we do, and that's why we do this for you. Thank you. Awesome. See you later, buddy.